Good afternoon. Hope you're good. Hope you can hear me. All the usual paranoia over whether the tech is working. And so, as ever, points for whoever tells me first that you can hear me loud and clear, of course, hoping that you can. I'm Jack Chew. This is Chewing It Over, 12.30 to 1 o'clock weekdays. And I'm often starting a show by saying I've been really looking forward to this, but it, I often am. And that's why we pick these shows. That's why we pick these guests. That's why we pick these topics. It's because I bloody love it, don't I? I love talking to you guys and, and involving you in these important topics that define our time, especially this one in FCP uh, and MSK. It's just, it's, it comes back up because it's important and it's really defining. It spans my three core interests, really, which is clinical excellence, policy making, and uh, aspiring for reformed policies that, that will achieve better healthcare in this country. And then the third one being, of course, education and forward planning, right? The, the, the bridging of the gap between what we know and how we transmit that into future generations in, in practice. Again, for the betterment of, of, of clinical healthcare. I'm feeling a bit naked when I don't have my little frame on. Where's my little frame? Here we, here we go. That's better. There you go. I feel a bit better now. A little bit less, less naked. Thank you to Samantha Shelton for saying all good and give me the emoji. Very important, Samantha, thank you. And uh, really appreciate it. Hope you hang around for this chat, uh, which is of course gonna be something that we want to be as interactive as possible because of the topic. I'm gonna shut up in a minute and introduce our guest, Keith Graham, who's joining me today. Um, really looking forward to getting stuck into this with him. Before I do, I just wanted to clarify one thing. I think one of the cop-outs of my job is if I then say, well, we just platform everything and we ask all the questions and, and, and be devil's advocate and stuff. Uh, as you guys know, I do declare my interests and my opinions on the show, uh, and this will be no different. However, one of the things that I think is important for me to say is that on this topic, I am often platforming the conversations of which we sort of challenge the status quo, that is my, my shtick, but also I am not averse to someone coming on and absolutely fanboy or fangirling all processes related to FCP, right? I am describing my concerns, especially because I'm on record from seven years ago making some of these noises. And so it's not one big I told you so, but it's definitely me sort of reflecting back some of the outcome that's occurring where we are learning lessons that we should have seen coming and we need to get it together because it's important enough. If you guys feel that this is all one big sort of naysaying approach and that I'm missing something from my analysis that you want to bring to it, Honestly, you're front of the queue for chewing it over shows. I promise you there is absolutely no way that I'm not platform. I'm choosing to not platform that. I want to hear from you. Make sure that, 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 that things are thorough and bring your opinions to this show, be that in the comments, or you can be a guest on it. So I wanted to make sure that was said because I think um, when I analyze how we visited this topic, I think it could be it could be said that we've done that and, uh, and I don't want to be that guy. So, uh, so help me out. And if you feel that you are missing something or you feel that you've got something to offer, then bring that to the party. You will be given this platform. Uh, and for a change, I will shut up occasionally as well and you can talk a bit. So, Keith, can you hear me? Yes. I He's done that on Sorry, purpose. There like he is. That. Yeah, good one. Start. I like the miming. I like the miming. Right. So I want to throw it to you straight out the gates then, mate. You've yeah. been pretty pretty open on, on social media telling a, a glimpse of the story that you've had having uh, been in FCP for a period of time. But before we get into that, can you just tell us a little bit of a, a, a background and a context prior to that as to what your career has been to date and how you ended up into, a, into the role in the first place? Okay, well, I'll I'll abridge the I'll check this out, actually. I'll abridge the 48 jobs that I've had so far Okay. into... Um, mainly MSK, sort of the fairly classic kind of hospital-based journey, and then I sort of fell into A&E, which is, I guess, the first—that's the first real, 
first contact, which isn't primary practice. So I did a lot of A&E, minor injuries, urgent care. I did a, an acute illness certificate. So I was allowed to sort of um, assess ill people in, in minor injuries unit, which, which, did, which didn't have doctors. Did my injecting a long time ago. Uh, I did a lot of sport. I worked in pro rugby and pro football. And I kept sort of, uh, and I did a bit of teaching at the University of Bath on the MSc program. So a whole like varied all around MSc, sport and exercise medicine, emergency care. Those are my sort of three things. I haven't really decided which one I want to do yet. Just keep doing them. Um, I left uh, Bristol Rovers. I was head of uh, medical there. And I was going to go back to the MAT service, the interface service. It was a job I had before. I spoke to the manager. I was kind of quite interested in going back to it. She asked me nicely if I fancied working in the prison. I thought, hmm. Working with badly behaved, um, badly behaved people generally. Thought football is quite a good setup for that to go from footballers to prisoners. That was interesting. <clears throat> and then there was a change of contract, so I didn't end up going back to Matt's. And I was sort of looking. I thought the prison was interesting. I learned quite a lot of interesting things there. But I thought I really want to get back into sort of the MSK side of things. And then I saw the FCP job, and I, I knew about it. You know, you could hardly. I'm not sure you could work in MSK medicine without being aware that this the elephant was in the room that this thing was there <clears throat> and it was literally three miles down the road a practice that I know has got a reputation I thought that looked great I'm gonna have a little look at that so I went into it probably without having ever read a lot of the FCP stuff had a bit of a quicker look at line you know I knew things were coming like this kind of the training thing I thought yeah you're great spoke to those I mean I was prescribing I was injecting I was doing all the things they wanted an FCP to do I'd worked for the mat service so I kind of knew the ins and outs of that um, 20 odd years of MSK so I had that background which they had no MSK experience in the practice and it seemed like a like an absolute shoe in <clears throat> and about three months later the roadmap was launched and I read it and I, and I just sort of went <sighs> like Wah, deflated I think I've been honest with the partners I said if that had been out if that had been fully described when it before I applied and seen the job I wouldn't have applied for the job it, it's not because I, I've loved the job brilliant but I saw the volume that was required and I've got other plans for this next year. I've enrolled at UEL to do my MSK sonography, really looking forward to it. And I just sort of deflated and I took a long, long time to decide that it's just the, the size of the thing. There was a little bit early doors where they said people already in the post, there'd be a, well, the way I read it was that there'd be some kind of APEL, some kind of uh, accommodation made for the people already working in the post and they're all kind of, oh, brilliant, because I'm already in. And the, the accommodation was you just had to do the whole thing. Great. Because um, normally you do stage one before you start. And the accommodation was you could do stage one while you were doing it. It's like, that doesn't feel like an accommodation. 18 months yeah. of FCP experience. It, it doesn't, there seemed to be no credit for that. And that was, so I want to, I want to just pull the brakes a second because yeah, I think it's well worth I will worth just talk for half an hour if you let me. Oh no, but, well, it's, it's better that way than, than me wittering on. <laughs> the audience are used to that but i want to just sort of um admit that i've been it's no surprise i've been a, bit, a big cheerleader for the for the roadmap and it's and it's main necessity philosophically really for actually offering some sort of codified credibility to advanced practice as he's been competed with um in in a sense or, or complementing uh, the the offering in primary care and and it's where a lot of my passion lies and so the aspiration to some sort of respectable and measurable excellence clinically is is something that that really mattered to me now 
that doesn't then say I can divorce myself from what that looks like in practice, right? I'm not, so I'm someone who really does hope to be pragmatic rather than utopian. But in this instance, the detail is something that I don't have to face up to. So I, around, yeah. not, not for the same reasons, but I started to, I left my NHS advanced practice role um, at, at, around a time just prior to the roadmap coming in for different reasons, just because I was being pulled in too many different directions. But it's something that the application mm-hmm. of it the grandfathering process that could have occurred that many are craving, and it sounds a bit like you, how would yeah. you, what I'm concerned, what I would have been concerned about if that would have been too generous, let's yeah. say, is that you've got, part of the reason I'm so passionate about it existing is because I have what some argue is a pessimistic analysis of the current status quo with the personnel that are in situ. And if we ended up just having a bit of a signing off and nod if you're already in yeah. situ, yeah. those pretenders would never be held accountable. <clears throat> How would you, do you feel that it's been too heavy handed or do you understand though why it's ended up being so when I described <clears throat> that process? Yeah, look, I, I think the roadmap is brilliant. I think I, I said in my post on Facebook and Twitter, it's brilliant if you have not a lot of experience and if you want to build towards what they want. It's a, it, it's it's very comprehensive. It's a good, you know, it's doable, it's achievable. I said the volume just doesn't suit me, but it might, you know, other people are kind of quite into that. So I did the NMP and the volume of it was all right, but it's still big. Um, <clears throat> I just think there, you know, there are always there are ways to cheat any system, <clears throat> like even with Roma, as it is ninety two competencies there would be a way to kind of get that abridged there's the you know you can any system can be defeated if you like and it's um it's in it's integral to our integrity that we we sort of don't cheat the system people other people who are not us will always cheat the system that's just the fact of life i like to think there would have been some though when individual because yeah individuals it's more likely that an individual will cheat the system on self-certifying a bit like we all do with our hcpc self-reg right who reads it no but yeah, no, I know when, what you mean. When you get three or four people having to collaborate to, to bullshit the system, yeah. it's like, it de-risks it a bit, doesn't it? It is, yeah. Um, I, I think there, sh- there could have been, you know, I mean, I think there could have been some way. I mean, I, I, I liked actually how they, they allowed they, they allowed for any prior learning at um, level seven to be included. So the NMP was able to be um, included across. That was brilliant. And if you've done an MSc in the last five years, I think it is, you're laughing because you'll be able to slide loads of those modules across. So, you know, they built in that, that APEL for somebody like me who did MSc like a long time ago. And it wasn't in, um, it wasn't in advanced practice. It was in sport and exercise medicine, which didn't have any of those advanced practice principles in it really. Um, I still think there is room for whether it be like almost like for anybody in post to have like an hour or a morning with whether it be an independent assessor to go through everything or, but right, really realistically the GP trainers, they don't they don't fudge gp qualifications they do it all properly and i think you could you should be able to trust a gp trainer to walk walk through those things and go i've observed this i've observed this i've observed this almost like they're saying they have seen you do these things and go right of the 92 competencies we could we we've seen 26 and you don't then have to find things that it's because finding proof for things you've already done and have seen to be done and that's where it feels like you have to start with a blank piece of paper. And I, the mm. people who, I mean, I was only in job, I was only post 18 months when I left. I know people who've been doing this job for like two, three years and they've got to start with a blank piece of paper and that seems unfair to them. Yeah. So I agree, I agree with what you're saying. I, I think there should have been some capacity, some way to have some of those competencies kind of like still checked by somebody, you know, but somebody who and knew you had 
those skills. There's plenty of skills on the on the competence practice that I had never done before. It's like, and when I was thinking of doing it, I was like, right, I need to do this bit needs to be quite a, a bigger bit of work. This one should be easy and okay. But then it's like the amount of time it would have taken. I just I don't really have the time and um you know and, and in the grand scheme of things that there are a lot of practices I know that are now saying to the physios who who are saying they don't want to do it, they say, well we'll employ you as a physio, use the funding for a paramedic or a pharmacist. We'll employ you as a consultant physio, which is another bugbear of mine, but a, a physio, and you can do the job, and you don't need to, to do the roadmap. And it's like gets around it because the CQC are only interested in potentially people employed as first contact physios. Are they going to check if physios working in a GP practice are seeing first contact patients? You know, there's there's always they, ways they, well, they know they, they know they don't, they know they don't, and there's no and there's yeah. no there's certainly no legal reason as to why they have to yeah. because we yeah. we know that. As, it, as is in these four walls, is that we, we see technically, you know, we're, we're registered professionals that can see people off the street quite literally anyway. So there's absolutely yeah. no reason. It's it's a, it's a bit of a leaky bucket in, in that regard. Yeah. One of the arguments that I've, I'm always grappling with is that when I make a case against a mature grandfathering approach to sort of recognition and respect for those with time in service, right, yeah. is that they – one of the things that would totally punch in my analysis, if it is such a vast minority that it is not worth creating a governance infrastructure to try and weed out the the, the few rotten apples, like why does that matter, Jack? You've been, it's because I admit that I see that as not just being a, a percentage and that I, I see it as being, yeah. you know, even if I'm, I think I'm generous to say north of 10%, right? And that's based on not me holding people to really weird standards on styles of practice or any edge case analysis on my, what mm. I, you know, gospel according to Chew. I'm just meaning in terms of prioritizing reasoning, maturing away from being <clears> a, a narrow yeah. sort of structuralist or orthopedic in their thinking. I, I just mean that on encountering in my career, I feel like there are a lot of people that have been hiding in these side rooms, wearing a shirt to work, that are unaccountable. And it's yeah. because I don't end up thinking it's a fringe that, that means that I feel like any process that can help the credibility of the profession and to, to raise standards so that we can trust, so that I could send a, a relative that lives elsewhere in the country to someone without knowing who they are, right? This, this notion yeah. of being able to say, go and see a physiotherapist for that and they'll, they'll, they'll evaluate you thoroughly, mm. blindly. That yeah. credibility for me comes with some level of accountability rather than just job interviews. And, and yeah. do, do, you share, do you share that supposed pessimism or, or what's your sort of take on, on my sort of <clears throat> sense there? Yeah, and I, th and I think, um, I think grandfathering is, you know, as I think somebody's just commented, there are plenty of physios who get in as physios without just because they've been doing it and that's the wrong reason and, and I think David just said something about that and it's like I 100% agree that just because you were doing the job for five years doesn't mean you can do this job and in some ways having a one-off hour or two almost like almost like defending your PhD not that I have but that process of going through those competencies GPs and GP trainers are they're they're they're, they're good people they're they're in I've met, I haven't met any with like integrity issues at all. It's like that, and they want to do a good job, and they want quality. Part of the reason my partners employed somebody of FCP because they wanted the quality. Though they didn't wait for the funding, they wanted to get into it. And I actually think that a lot of the GPs who have, let's say, dubious, um, uh, experienced physios, let's say, or people who are just in the room treating people and getting on it, 
they may not know they have somebody just doing that. And actually sitting down and working through the 92 whatever competencies, might go, oh, you only got six? All right. Oh, crap. We, we actually need to do, and in some ways, that process would have actually highlighted where those people were, as opposed to saying, oh, you've got 18 months. Oh, yeah, you, you've ticked it off, which is really wrong. So I think you could you could make a balls up of doing a grandfathering kind of uh, job. And I think when physio took on all the other professions as physios who call themselves physios is the worst possible way to grandfather. Oh, you've been calling yourself physio for 10 years. You could be a chartered physio. It's like, what? <laughs> like, what? Um, yeah, so yeah, it's a, it's a it's great point. That, back, it's back. a great point that David's making because I, I am, uh, and although I know of that history, I wasn't, I wasn't <coughs> involved in it. Um, yeah, I wasn't it, either. I'm old, but I'm not that. <laughs> not that old. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's divorce ourselves <laughs> from that a bit. But what? Um, yeah, that that's reassuring. I think that's interesting because there isn't much. But if anything between us on that, you're you're yeah. meaning that it doesn't have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be a full yeah. um, blinkered grandfathering process just on a cross fingers. But it yeah. also you're describing that the process as it stands mm. has been too onerous and, and and also is is too disrespectful of the time served. It hasn't given opportunity in a way. <laughs> to nothing, those yeah, that, it's the zero zero credit for time served. And, and right. I'm not saying you should credit for time served, but like in that time, so in that time served my GP partners would be able to say, he d definitely seen do that every day. Seemed to, they should be, <laughs> yeah, able, so, they should be able to put their name yeah. it as, you know, it's one of those things like in an interview, you, some things you, you, you have to do by CV, some things you have to do by interview, some things you have to do by certificate, some things you have to discuss. And it's like, there okay. should be right. that, yeah. I think. And that's not a hard thing to bring in either. They could do still do that and say, actually, for the people who've had at least six months experience or at least 12 months experience. You know, they have to say, you know, it may be somebody who's just started a week ago could still do it, but they're not going to get any of the competencies. But it has to be something that the partners have observed, not just that the physio is saying, oh, I can do that and I can do that. It's like, like the, our, our partners would, would nail on certain of those competencies. They go, there is no need for him to spend an hour watching him do this and then writing it down and reflect on it because we've seen it every day. And to, to me, there's not enough wiggle room in that to so i mean and maybe i misunderstood it maybe yeah. so sort of amanda would come on and say oh yeah you could do that but well, i don't perceive that's what you can do well but that's that's one of the things that unfortunately i witness i witness most days happening where someone says this is a shame we can't do it and then the fact that amanda or or others at the top of that tree can say well it can be it's like the fact that it's not known by those that are really trying to understand it myself included mm. is telling in itself right the communication piece that hasn't associated and been attached to this is, is concerning Anyway, I don't think that's a good get out. I've witnessed it in not just FCP, but elsewhere yeah. in policy making is that when when someone offers someone, it's not just someone that's been been ignoring something, ignoring all communications associated to it and says, well, it should be like this. And then when someone comes back, sometimes that is a gotcha to say, yeah. it is like that. You just don't know about it. You when someone's bit. been really attentive to the yeah. entire journey and process and is invested for both self-interested and broader community interested reasons they've been paying attention and they still misunderstand it there's no gotcha there to say yeah. it is that way if Back they've misunderstood home. it they've not done it so willfully and i think that 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 is almost like it fascinates me that that still keeps happening and especially you know i'll admit as well just especially as someone that is continues to offer various platforms in order to try and help with said communication it's like that mm. that is just a, i'm watching that slow car crash continue to occur which is annoying what i wanted to ask and actually i'll ask the audience for a direct question then is fcp 
serving uh, the purpose that it's designed to efficiently in, in your opinion. So those that are listening in live, please do let us know um, as to whether or not you feel it is serving its purpose um, as you as you think it could or, or living up to its promise. Because I think what's interesting is, and we've seen this from, from hopefully this conversation a bit, but also both mine and Keith's previous uh, tweetings on this and the like is we're both into the, 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 the role, the process, we're yeah, totally. excited for what it could promise. I want to ask the audience, and I'll ask you this now, Keith, is it living up to its promise, um, in your opinion? I'll say it's living up to my expectations of it. Um, I, like I said to you before we came on, like I think it's a brilliant idea. I think if you could magic up the the, the physio per practice who had who like at the point at which every PCN has one, and they have the, it's gonna it's gonna be good. It's going to be a good thing. You know, I said in in the chat the, the analogy of I was told it's like building an airplane that's already flying. It's like should it have got to that point? Um, I don't know how it could have. I think it was always going to look a bit, a bit like this. It was always going to look like people who, you know, like I was, I was fortunate. I had the NMP and the injecting and kind of the MSK background and the MSK interface background. So I was sort of slotted into the role. And there are people who want, who want to get experience, and they're going to take a lot longer to get through. And I, so it was always going to be a bit of a mishmash. Um, you know, the my main bugbears were the 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 roadmap didn't suit me in terms of the volume of it. I've done that stuff before, and it just seemed huge. I mean, had it been different, and like Neil's right, he's made a comment about the time spent is not necessarily the quality of experience. I totally agree with that. That's why I don't think it should be if you've got 12 months, you don't have to do it. It's, I don't think that at all. I think somebody, a good quality person who's really got their head around this, in one day a week will be able to have like better experience than somebody doing three days a week who's really not that experienced. Um, my bugbear was on, I mean, if we changed the roadmap and said, okay, we give you the APEL. You don't have to do the other bits. I still probably wouldn't stay in it because my, my next year looks very different. Um, and I think somebody recently commented about how this whole six months from starting to get to the end of it. Well, I don't know if, if, if everybody here has ever tried to get on an M-level course. It doesn't tend to work like that. Like if you start an FCP job tomorrow and you've got to be enrolled and September's full and March is full, you're into next September to start it. It's like, and then the funding of it, and it's sort of it's now changed from it's changed from you can do it anytime to within six months. Like yeah, that yeah. seems ludicrous to me to to think you can do it if you want to go down the M level route. You unless you've already pre registered, and you're starting in September, and your job in, it's like that six months also seems like where did that come from? And I, I appreciate there has to be a limit on it, but if you're going down a university course, they take months, and they take months to get on. It's like. The, to go on the sonography course I wanted to go on, it's taken me 14 months to get to the point where I can start it. And it's, um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I they're, not what was the was, they're not, not self-serve quizzicals, are they? It's like, it's no. not as if you can, you can do that on a whim in your own time one evening. So I think that's yeah. relevant, the time frames. I think it's also one of the things that's just really... It's been. It was always going to be hard to factor in timeframes, and yeah. then with the pandemic, which obviously I, I think all of us are bored of it being used as a as a catch-all excuse. But it'd be ignorant right. for us to not recognise the incredible challenges to get any appropriate airtime, funds, resources, and, and attention to yeah. things non-COVID related or not directly COVID related yeah. at this time. So I've I've got 
huge, huge sympathies in that direction. Um, my question uh, to you and to the audience, of which some people are answering, um, yeah. was, was: Is it living up? <laughs> is it living up to its promise? Uh, if we're all in agreement that it's a promising idea, is it living up yeah. to it as it as it stands? <clears throat> and I think just it's as, not ready. Yeah, you, it's not ready. It, it's an airplane that is that is being put together as it's flying. Is the the exact quote, and I think it's not living up to its promise. I think it, it can. And there's a chance that it will, that it could, it can and it could. I'm not going to mm. say it will, because I'm not mm. sure of the volume of people are going to be, maybe eventually one day, like Rob alluded to, maybe there aren't enough people coming through who want to do it as well. It's, 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 a, it's a big, it's a, it's a big job. It's not an easy job. It's yeah. a challenging job and it will not suit everybody. Yeah, Neil Language here saying not currently, and, and I'm pretty sure that comment came. I, I don't, I'd be gutted if I misrepresented the timing of this. I think that's I think Neil answering uh, the question. I think the timing of that was him saying that he doesn't feel it is currently, uh, but I think <laughs> yeah. as, as the rest yeah, of us true. are optimistic for what it, it could do. Uh, whereas, in contrast, Joe Smith has said personally, yes, it's doing its job living up to promise. However, I can see being first in the PCN that it still takes a lot of convincing for partners. We'll win them over, but it will take time. Thank you, Joe. Really appreciate that. And uh, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, especially those that have somewhat more of a um, an optimistic analysis or, or positive analysis of the, of the status quo, love to have you on the show. Really want to bring that th those views forward as well because um, I do accept my, my biases on, on this. Vicky Johnson said massive discrepancies can see areas where it works as should, but two miles down the road, really not. That is a common one, isn't it, Keith, about the... Um, about yeah. the inconsistency. Yeah, it's really interesting that in Bristol, until until well, until I actually officially leave next week, every PCN in the Bristol region has a first contact physio, except for one PCN. They chose chose to spend their money on, I think, a mental health nurse. I think so. They don't have one and didn't want one. They they looked into the role. Were offered, you know, there was Serona um, had posts. They could have got independent. They they chose not to have one, which is really interesting because everybody else had one my pcn knew about the role knew about the funding and they it was really interesting as part of the interview they said we're not going to use the fund we are going to use the funding for when it comes through but we actually don't want it because we've been offered it we want it because we think it's a brilliant idea we see the value we don't have msk interest in one of the practices at all there's one person injecting fingers nothing else and and in the other one there's a couple of guys interested but they want somebody who's an expert to come and help them learn even more so it was like some my PCN really, really wants it. And if anybody's looking for a job, they're still looking for somebody. Honestly, it was a great place to work. But the other practice, <laughs> literally, literally a mile along the road, didn't want one. And you go, well, those patients do not have access to FCP. And it's like they're literally two miles difference. And that and that's part of the discrepancy as well, is that what the GPs perceive. And whoever said that is exactly right. There are people in the job just treating because that's what their partners want and they're paying their wages and that's what they want. And it's like, that's not really, yeah. a, that's not FCP at all. No, well that, and, that, and that variety is, is, is interesting. When it comes to inconsistency as well, we hear continual stories, especially those, and I feel for these, where they've had practices that have had legacy mm. in situ yeah. therapists that are working in various different capacities that we'll see all sorts, especially when they've got this, this sort of- The practice physio. Go and the see practice, practice physio, yeah, it's very complicated, especially mm. with regards to the again inconsistent and variable mechanisms for funding for that, where it's sort of often a subsidised, otherwise independent private role under a limited yeah. company or sole trader. It's yeah, pretty pretty sure. messy and, and very very vulnerable to corruption, so, which only speaks to the complexity of the challenge 
that the, the policymakers are facing, by the way. Now, I look at yeah, that and don't sure. say, that's no, there's absolutely no version of an I told you so there, because mm. I that is an unenviable task to unpick those politics, especially when a yeah. lot of that is, is is done behind the scenes. And I don't mean necessarily illegally, but just generally that, that people often underestimate that, that most GP practices and cons are consortia or independent businesses as of themselves yeah. and have their own natural interests of, of shareholders and stakeholders within them. It, it's, it's sometimes people ignore that there isn't, um, it's, it's, it's a public health but um, a public health system, but, but under different different financial mm. incentives. I want to mention here, Dom said that it does work. It's a great link between primary care and secondary care benefits both sides. Thank you, Dom, really appreciate it. And as I've just mentioned to uh, Joe, uh, of course, if you want to expand on your points there, which is, certainly looks like a, a sunny, sunny analysis without a but, uh, I would love to, love to hear, hear more from that. In the last few minutes, Keith, if we can, uh, I would just want to ask, Part of what you might have heard me say on this show and elsewhere is about my concern about the huge, what I consider to be a big gap. Not just FCP, by the way. I, I mentioned on a show the other day a triple threat of a, a, a triple threat to what I consider to be the heart and soul of the NHS, without being too dramatic, but certainly of the profession, which is this, you know, a job in rehab role within what would be classically within a mid-band of a, of, a, of, a, of a six and seven, right? So this, this, who's doing the doing? Who's getting people better? Who's scaling people's function from where they are to where they want to get to, right? That's the heart and soul of it. It's what I'm passionate <clears> about. <throat> FCP, new, especially new physio schools, bringing in and wanting um, educators and professors. And then a third one being that the private practice is proliferating off the back of the waiting list Right, so those three things are drawing on the same core talent that is yeah. evacuating, and they're the people that when people talk about the workforce is coming, right, where, where graduates are coming through, who's supervising the graduates, never mind the APs. I'm so worried about that that implosion. Have you got anything that can reassure me in that direction? No, <coughs> not really. Um, sorry to be like that. Um, it's I actually, water out. yeah, so, yeah. Um, I there's a you know, I I was always. I, I'm from I'm from the junior senior two senior one. Those are the days that I'm from. I saw nothing wrong with those, and you, I have a bugbear about physio advanced physio advanced extra special physio super highly special. I got a bugbear about all that sort of. I don't because I, I don't understand it. I have no idea when I get a letter from somebody who's a highly advanced specialist. Physio, I have no idea what that means. If they said they're a senior one, I know what it means. If they said they're in a you know. Um, okay. And, it's like and, a new and, money. You feel like we've gone metric or something. <laughs> we've gone beyond metric. Okay. Um, I actually think back in those days, you tended to do two years on, on rotations. You tend to go senior two for rotations, and you kind of knew what you you knew what you were getting from a static senior two or a static senior one, and you kind of knew what you were getting. But then everybody went into process doing that. I think there was a there was a spell where they increased the number of graduates. I said this to Rob uh, online. They they expanded the number of graduates massively, and for two years nobody could get a job. And those people yeah. often went either to other careers, went back to medicine chiropractic or they went on to open private practices with with very little experience yep. um and, and and at that sort of point it became very muddy because when, when i qualified and I, for people who are younger were horrified this two jobs per graduate so you literally chose where you wanted to go sent your letter and, and, and if it was written and legibly you were pretty much please come it's work a bit like that, that many jobs. Moment, but it could it could go the other way i graduated into the tail of that job crisis that you're describing <laughs> oh, right, and, yeah. I, and i witnessed some of my I mean, I, I know some of my close mates that I graduated with that, that never went into the profession. And it's yeah, that happened. For about two, two or three years, wasn't it? It was like, there was just a lot of that. There was like, yeah, you're lucky. Yeah. But no, I, I, as in how you guarantee 
I don't know. I, you know, I like I said to you, I I know of somebody with about four years' experience who is now an FCP on a band AA, and it's like, yeah. But that, that that wouldn't happen in a hospital. I don't think you'd ever get a hospital trust employing somebody with three or four years' experience as an AA. They just wouldn't because historically it would never happen. It's not. But you, you're now asking GPs to employ physios, and a lot of them kind of they just they, you know. I said to you at the very beginning, there's now cherry picking going on. There are people now who like with my level of experience who've got all the training things you need like being offered more than the bandings to because they actually we aren't around like the mm. post i left the pcn have openly admitted they will probably have to increase the funding significantly because they can't get anybody to apply at bands heaven so they're gonna have to go right. to get find somebody and they're gonna poach that person from another because they have to well, yeah, poach, well, it's, poach. So it's so they're not poached. They're, yeah. they're gonna advertise it as a salary where somebody who's experienced band seven or early band eight is gonna go Oh, that's an extra five grand a year. And what's, yeah, yeah. So there's going to be a lot of swirling around the the, the posts as well. But how mm. you stop it, mm. I don't know. But if you, well, if you think about just think about the the market forces that are at play in busy private practices, and if they're struggling to recruit, and they're literally watching a waiting list occur when their lack of waiting list is exactly their draw, then they are going to be yeah. willing to <laughs> to throw quite big money at it, especially if they're yeah. able to put the prices up and the market responds. It's going to implode. <laughs> Now, I'm definitely going to wrap up because we're in overtime and I'm, I'm, I, sure. I really appreciate your time, Keith. I've got, got Minecraft waiting for me downstairs. You got, you've got some I'm on your leaf to enjoy. Like so. Smashing through some Minecraft at the minute. It throws, brilliant. It throws, um, it, it, I'm just throwing back to a comment earlier in the stream about, about what Neil made there about the, the, the fact that these arbitrary timeframes can be sometimes corrupted depending on the volume of, yeah. of care scene. I want to mention as well, uh, because for those that know my story, would be find it amusing that I've not brought it up when you say about the, I uh, I can't remember exactly how long it was, but I ended up part of my story uh, that, that I'm proud of that I won't apologize for, but but as I did go from brand five to band eight a within probably, I think it was between five and six years. And, and, and it's seen as being something that, you know, um, is a, an unusual story for various yeah. reasons under what i would hope would be a appropriate supervision and interesting under a hospital yeah. trust but it's something that is part of the reason i'm proud of that story is because mm. I, remember, I know the detail of it and there's others yeah. uh, i remember um was that a record someone asked me and then I, I met a guy called andrew cuff who's just continues to go from strength to strength in the profession who's actually yeah, younger me. younger than me he wears tweeds so people think he's ancient but he's an incredibly impressive character we're all lucky to have in the profession but he's someone that no one would um, ever be interested for someone to try and challenge Andrew's quality and his, his justification under his role and, and job description. But it's interesting that time served doesn't necessarily always directly relate oh, yeah, to that. If you're good enough, if you're good enough, as and and other people have judged, was, uh, you and I have had an online bugbear about consultant physios just call themselves consultant because it's convenient. If somebody yeah. has judged you good enough to be that good, then kudos. It shouldn't be so set in stone that you've got to do two years, three years, five. You shouldn't sure. have to. And so, and I think that's. But then, but then by that regard, what we're saying the FCP, there's no flexibility on that. As in the roadmap is exactly inflexible. You have yeah. to do all the competencies. Yeah. Whereas somebody like yourself, somebody like Andrew, um, can can be almost like uh, sort of accelerated through because you have what it takes to be at that level. So I'm not saying it shouldn't happen, mm. but I'm saying that I suspect the forces over some of the AFCP posts are because the GP can't get anybody to do it. And if you can't get me to do it, you will, you'll, you'll look down to less experience mm. and say, well, you do it and we'll give you this. Yeah, of course I'm going to do it. And then who supervises them? Band A should be super, but I was told 
they should be supervising somebody. So if you're on your own in a GP practice or a PCN and there isn't another FCP with you and you're not supervising anybody, should you be an AT? And it's like, well, there's quite a lot of ATs who are on their own in mm. practice. And maybe it's not that simple. Maybe that's my misunderstanding. But again, that's no, it's, 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 well, it's inconsistency again, isn't it? So I don't think it's necessarily a misunderstanding, but also even if it is, even if there's many different, imagine if I invite them to, if a fact checker comes through this, and finds us uh, our analysis wanting it's not through lack of trying and i think that that's yeah. relevant it doesn't mean it's a get out of jail it's not as if what so, we tried yeah. we want to hear from you but equally we're doing as best to understand it and we're passionate about the conclusion being a positive sure. one right in yeah, the final sure. analysis we want this to work and, and i might so, go back to it one day i'm I, I might be ready to the airplane has been built it knows where it's landing it's running smoothly <laughs> it's kind of it's safe i'm not currently doing another university course i mean i'm getting the point where i mean i i must admit I promised my wife I wouldn't do any more university courses. Right. And part of it was like, when I saw the robot, I was like, she's going to kill me. Especially <laughs> because I was, I was trying to sneak another one in, which didn't look like a university course. I was like, I can't do two. She's absolutely have me for yeah. you know what. But, um, but it's, it's that kind of, so maybe one day, and maybe yeah. if the process changes, or I don't know, it's, um, you know, maybe I'll just feel fresh and ready to go back to it. Maybe. But um, so, so I, like, I wouldn't say I wouldn't go back to it. I really enjoyed it. It was a brilliant job. For anybody who likes that level of complexity and just a, a small disclaimer for many of the private physios who in the past have said well well i'm an fcp you are it's a very very different population of people that you're seeing from <laughs> there. if you've well, never uh, had a 20 minute conversation with somebody in bengali via translator i don't just for left so i'll be really quick and i said to her um can you ask where the pain is and the translator went for four and a half minutes and the lady went on for six minutes. I'm like, can I just set me what stands the question in her neck? And I was like, what? Are you, what happened? What yeah, are you talking well, about for 10 minutes? And it was like, it's there. a very different population of people. Very the, the people But also, no you've, used, you've used one example there with regards to obvious communication challenges that can occur cross-culturally. Yeah, yeah. But then also you've got the, the just the, the polypharmacy as well as the, the multimorbidity stuff that then we yeah. know across, we know the... Um, the social deprivation that that's often coupled with, which yeah, naturally yeah. is not going to pay for um, ever increasing private practice rates on first con on contact. So oh, yeah, it, is a, it so. is a nonsense misnomer. And on a governance, like I, I use that example sometimes on a governance and legality level because it's relevant in occupational yeah. health and in yes. So when we're sometimes saying that, <clears throat> that um, if you want to make the case that on a legal level, new graduates shouldn't be allowed to see the public without, referral or shouldn't yeah. be able to see it at first contact you need to make that case somewhere yeah. higher than he with regards to robot that's a different argument yeah, on yeah. the legal side but with regards to aspiring to clinical excellence in those positions yeah it annoys me sometimes that people don't make that differentiation but here we are we're going to go into a second hour keith i'm going to wrap up there i'm really sorry to people like david wilson joe smith who were offering brilliant um, comments that I, that I, wa I want to draw on. I will read them. I will involve you guys. If you guys do fancy joining me on the show or anyone else, um, then please do because uh, this conversation rolls I'm on. Surprised Thank many people turned up. Thanks for coming up. Can oh I no, you listen, everybody. Don't be surprised, Keith. Very popular <laughs> show, mate. I can't. I, 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 I'm, I've I'm never offended. seen it before. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm not <laughs> watching. I'm not watching. I'm too busy, busy, aren't I? Busy in FCP. You've got time now. Man of leisure now. Enjoy yeah. Minecraft or whatever it is you, you were about to do. Uh, really yeah. appreciate your time, mate. And, uh, and no, no doubt it's the same. The conversation goes on. All right. Big soon. Cheers, guys. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Bye.